Jayla. Yeah. We are still reeling from the death of Queen oh Elizabeth. Oh. And this morning. Oh, stop it. We found out that David McCullough well, died. Okay, first first off. That, that was a few weeks ago. I I just found out last week and I didn't even know who David McCullough was until I found out that he was a historian. How did you find out about this? I was. Um, you told me. Yeah, I know. I was listening to an interview um, and I forgot who it was, but um, he was talking about historians um, and how some of them uh, are, some historians want to change history or at least um, make it sound like a, that what they're writing about is real history. But he mentioned David McCullough and I'm like, I don't know who that is. I heard, I thought I heard his name before, but I was not aware that he was a historian and I also didn't know until today that he died at 89 this year on like August 17th I yeah say. so fairly recently weeks ago yeah. I've read maybe five of his books yeah my favorite is the greatest American journey the great American journey oh, oh, oh that's, that's what it's called or the great journey or something I thought it was called the greatest American journey or the greatest journey the greatest, the great journey, or whatever. I don't know. You have to look it up again. Oh my goodness! Well, in any event, I like you. You like to throw me off sometimes. No, I don't. Yeah. Usual yourself. Oh, oh my goodness. Not you. It's a really good book about artists who migrated from America to France between 1830 and 1900. Wow. Yeah. And their experiences. Exactly. Interesting. So, I, in my mind, that's more tragic than the Queen dying because he was younger, and he actually did stuff that I enjoy. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, Bubs. <laughs> what? I know you like to mock people's deaths that you don't really care about, but come on! Oh my goodness! Come on! <laughs> okay. I I do that lovingly. That's what they all say, babes. That's what OJ was telling Nicole as the knife was going. Ah, out. allegedly. This is no, if no, he I know, did it. no. I really think he did. I do I, too. I honestly, I mean, uh, everything points to him, but that's a totally different story. It is <laughs> totally different story, and I remember that so well because at that time, I believe I was in eighth grade, and that was one of the biggest stories in '94 and '95. That story just yeah. would not go away. I know, because it was just, I mean, when I heard his name, O.J. Simpson, I'm thinking, are you serious? And I didn't even know much about this guy. And at that time, I didn't see the Naked Gun movies, but they were getting popular. He was in other stuff, too. Oh, yeah. And he was famous for being a football player. Yes, he was. He did a bunch of commercials. But, yeah, that story just dominated the news. Yeah, but understandably so, because he was definitely... A big, big figure. Well, yes. And I also wonder how much of it is it got a lot of coverage because of that or the coverage fed on itself. So people always refer to the Ford Bronco ride yeah. as, oh, it was this historic TV event, which it was. And mm -hmm. they say 95 million people watched it. I didn't watch it. I watched part of it. Okay. So they saw, but, they, they showed tape of it? No, it was on Live Babes. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. But the thing I wonder is, 
would that many people have watched it if it was on one channel as opposed to being on every single network and local station? Well, I guess it depends, right? I mean, if it, if it happened years before in 1994, mm -hmm. right? If it happened like in the 50s or 60s, there would only be one or two stations. Right, but what I'm saying is, let's say NBC was the only station that had live coverage of it. Uh -huh. Would 95 million people have watched it or would have would 12 million people watch it and everybody else would have tuned to a, a different station? Uh -huh. But because every single station had it, except maybe PBS, it's like people, it only got that many views because that's how many people were watching TV that night. I really don't know. Yeah. So I think the media kind of like fed the story in a way because they just covered it every single place you could. And... If less outlets would have covered it, I think the story wouldn't have been as popular as it was. Possibly. And I think to myself, if it happened today, nobody would really care that much. Or there'd be some people, some but it wouldn't would, be as crazy as it some was. Some people would care, but the much younger folks in their teens and early 20s wouldn't understand it. I got bored of it like a week into it. I'm like, let's get back to regular TV. I, I heard bits and pieces about it, but I... I mean, I heard bits and pieces about it and how brutal the crime scene was and just how um, it was just horrible what happened. I understand that it's a little bit interesting, but at the end of the day, you got a rich celebrity and two other people with money. So I yeah, my interest only goes so far. Yeah, but come on. I mean, these people, the two people that were murdered were human beings. Right. Forget the fact that OJ was a big celebrity because it could have happened to anybody. But for you a could, minute there, you could have a car accident in 1994 where more than two people die, and that gets covered on the news for like a minute and a half. And then you have every network talking about OJ for several hours a day. It was the coverage was a little bit out of proportion to what the case was, is what I'm trying to say. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. And you know the case because you were in the court proceedings? Uh, no, I'm just telling you my experience as a viewer. Oh, Jesus. I could have done a, with a little bit less OJ. And a little bit more orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry. That's okay, babes. I still love you. That was my attempt at orange juice humor, but, oh, you know. Oh, my goodness. Let me make the joke. Hey, okay. hey, you're hey. not the only one in this relationship. I, I have know, to be funny I once know. in a while. I know, just your actions are. But, babe, hey. I love you. <laughs> Give me a kiss, okay? <laughs> Give me a kiss. Where's the knot in your shoulder? Right where your hand is. Ah. <laughs> you're either going to get tickled or you're going to get the, the. Oh, I'd rather get the knot. Nodded out of me. Ow. Oh, sorry. Which one? Right there. Ah. Okay. All right, now give me a kiss. We actually know we No, only with you. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about Newsline and people manufacturing things. Newsline? What about Newsline? You're, of course, are aware of the service. Yes, I am, and I didn't like it back then. Okay, in case people don't know, it's used to be a call-in number, and if you were blind, you could get a special code, call in, and listen to newspapers over the phone. Mm -hmm. 
And the NFB basically finances this. I have issues with the NFB, but this is one of the things they do that I really like. I, I didn't like it back then. I, I found it to be kind of faulty. Well, so we're, we're actually going to get to that in okay. a second. Okay. I, as you know, like to read and have been a regular Newsline user since 2005. Now, I know that mm -hmm. it's been around before then because I remember hearing about it in either middle school or high school. But depending yeah. on what city you lived in, uh, it may or may not have been available. So in Portland, it wasn't available in the early 2000s. But when I moved to Hawaii, mm -hmm. it was. And by the way, since then, it's you can get it in, in Oregon. And I think now it's fully nationwide. I, I think I tried calling in... I believe I tried calling in Washington. And I forgot when it came to Washington, but I was hearing about it in my uh, my early 20s, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So fan of what the service does for many years, but I had issues using it over the phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm a person who tries to keep up with technology to some extent. Yeah. In... 2019, I updated my credentials with Newsline mm -hmm. and realized that they had mobile apps. Yeah. And the theory was that you could download a couple of apps and then just get your newspapers and read them that way on your iPad with voiceover. Uh, uh -huh. Now, the apps suck. Do they really? Yes. You can't. I mean. When do they come out with it? Well, I, I found out about it in, like, 2019, babes. I don't know when they Only came out. Only three years ago. Okay. That's when I found out about it. Oh, I see. That doesn't mean that's when they came out. Oh, right, right. But let, let me get to this. The apps freeze all the time. They crash. Wow. Not very user-friendly. And the phone service freezes a lot, too, as you know. Yeah, or it just, or the sound just doesn't sound good. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I can deal with a little bit of sound distortion. Yeah. I'm not one of these audiophiles who everything has to be perfect. But you do have to be able to kind of know what people are saying i'd like to know i mean yeah it wasn't perfect but i could at least hear what it was saying i just wish it was not uh it was a little bit uh clear oh good a couple months ago mm -hmm. i see a thing on i i well, let me rephrase this I got an email from Bookshare saying that they are partnering with the folks at Newsline. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Newsline user, you can now get magazines on Bookshare uh -huh. and newspapers. Yep. Tried it then, didn't work. And today, when you were taking a shower, I thought to myself, well, why don't I take another look at this? Because maybe it will work this time. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work at all. Wow. So... What I keep thinking to myself mm -hmm. is I love the idea of Newsline. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if they're trying to purposely make it obsolete so they can say that nobody's using it anymore and justify shutting it down. So, for example, if it keeps going on like this, then they could say, well, nobody's using the service. Why do we need it? As opposed to, but if we made it actually user-friendly, people, people would actually it. use it. It's it's kind of yeah. like Bard. Like, I know a lot of blind people who just don't even bother with it anymore because it's so complicated. But it's like, if they actually made a service that worked, then more and more people would take advantage of it. 
who do you know that doesn't use it anymore? Because I use, I still use it. I still use it too. I'm not going to name names, but I, I could tell you the names of people who we both know. So I'll give you an example without saying their name. Uh -huh. I used to work out with this guy. Oh, yeah, I know. Yes. Who that is. And we had a lot of fun. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about Bard a couple months ago and commiserating and, oh, the service sucks. And you know what he told me? What? There's a bug with his version of it to where every time he opens the app, mm -hmm. he has to log in. Oh, that's weird. And then download books. So he actually reached out to Bard mm -hmm. about two years ago and let them know about the problem. And they got back to him and said, we know about this because other people have been complaining and we're working on fixing the problem. And yeah. it's still not fixed. Okay. And... I haven't had that issue, but you know that I've had problems with Bard. I I, I still log into it because it keeps asking me to, but I don't have a problem with it, personally. Yeah, it would bug me if every time I opened it, I had to do that. Yeah, I mean, and they have, to, I think if I remember correctly, I think they have a way to save your password. They do. I never have to re-log in, or at least I haven't had that issue yet. Okay. I just log in once I... and then I'm good. I, I mean, that doesn't really bother me that much at all. I I think what is kind of an annoyance, but it's not really bothersome to me, is that I have to, um, when I'm trying to download a book, I have to go to, we, we both have to go to our wish list to find it. Exactly. If you search Bard and find the book, because you know I have a huge wish list. Yeah. So oftentimes I'll forget that I put something on there. You got you to gotta get rid of some I of know, babes. I know. You oh, do. I know. So yeah. let's say, for example, I want to download It by Stephen King. Yeah. But it's already on my wish list, but maybe I put it on there a couple years ago. Yeah. Search for It. See that it's on my wish list. And I can't just download it after I find it. Mm -hmm. Once I know it's on my wish list, I think to myself, I either, have to, I either mumble in there, have to go all the way down my wish list, uh -huh. or I have to remove it from my wish list after I searched it, and then wait because sometimes it won't remove automatically. Sometimes you have to do it four or five times before it actually gets taken off. Re-add it to my wish list then go to it and download it from the top of it. So it's, I wish you could just download it. And I'm not a tech person. Mm -hmm. But something tells me you could do that if the app was better. And considering that pretty much everybody I know has who uses Bard has had different issues with it, to me, it almost makes me wonder if the app is intentionally bad. Same with Newsline. I don't know that it's intentionally bad. I I, I think um, it's a matter of people not keeping up with it or people not, um, uh, the developers, I mean, looking at it and, and seeing, you know, taking care of the glitches. Because I, I mean, and I'm saying this as a person that isn't a tech person either, mm -hmm. but I can't just automatically say oh they're out to get us because now the app is really bad i just i just don't see it that way but they are aware of a lot of these problems because people complain about the app people like me write one star reviews so 
the, these things keep coming up with Bard. And and but also, let's be honest, I have I the ability to lean more towards conspiracy theories. I don't think it's the worst service. Um, I will say that another service that I used that was the um at the time the RFB and D service, uh, which is now Learning Ally. I heard that sucks. That is really complicated. It was even complicated ten years ago, mm-hmm. and even before that. Now, now before they had, um. Before they had their downloader that I used on my laptop at the time, it was still very complicated. And and uh, in my earlier days of college, I would just order tapes, and that was a little bit easier than you know going online and uh, trying to fiddle with it because it was like this cannot be that complicated. Yeah, I could get a lot more things done with Bard because I really don't think Bard is the worst service. I think. And I haven't used Learning Ally, uh, granted, because I, I I did not download the app. But I would rather use Bard than that. Okay. Let me clarify. There's a lot that I really like about Bard, mm-hmm. but it has tons of bugs in it that just aren't being addressed. Yeah. I guess that would be a better way to phrase it. And Newsline f- flat out sucks. Like, the I, the concept is cool, and when it works, it's great, but it hardly ever works now. Yeah, I never. I was never interested in using it after oh. I had, um, after I tried to use it, and it was just kind of confusing and and buggy, and and it just didn't sound very clear either. So I just, just you know, I was just like, no, I don't want to use it anymore. Wow. I just called it maybe a couple of times, and I'm like, nah. See, that's that's why I think I wonder if they make these apps so they do suck, so less and less people will use them. Because I wonder to myself, in your case, let's say you had tried to use Bard the first time, and it had worked great, mm-hmm. and it had continued to work great consistently throughout the years. Don't you think you would have taken advantage of it more? Of course, but I can't sit here and say that I agree with you that the reason why they make apps like this is that um, it would be uh, purposefully bad so that people won't use it. I, I just don't, I just cannot, I don't see the glasses half empty. Mm. I'll just say that. I think that there might be something else going on. Interesting. And I think it has to do with the developers not, um, either not knowing how to repair the glitches with just which they should know, or just not keeping up with the glitches, and trying to actually go in there and repair it. So I, I'm not. I, I actually do disagree with you on that. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Yes. There we go. The little J wall. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We got up early this morning, babes. Yes. Well, yes. I did. I don't know about you. You're starting to sound tired, babes. I'm not. Oh, good. I'm not tired. Okay. You know, it would help if you actually asked. J-Lo? Yes. Are you tired? I'm not. Okay. No, I'm I'm very wide awake. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. It's not, I mean, just because sometimes my voice kind of lowers and I talk a little bit slow doesn't mean I'm tired. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, see, yeah, okay. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Hey, I didn't on. say that I was fully awake. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're in bed talking about life. We and, were? Yeah. Okay. Were we? 
I was there. I don't know about you, but I was. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Alana has a uh, Christian reputation to maintain. So again, talk about certain Talking. things. Well, I'm, I'm a private person, okay? Okay. People like to talk a lot. Okay. I'm very private, as you know. And I'm not. Yeah, that's a... Uh, I'm not. That's the problem. You I'm got, not. You're not. I'm not. But I love you anyway. I love you too, babes. Okay. okay, so we're just talking and what? I find out about the death of David McCullough. We keep talking. And eventually I say, we're either getting out of bed now. Because I brought it up earlier. And then we just kept getting distracted. So I said, we're either getting out of bed right now or I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> so we got out of bed. Oh, oh, and also this morning, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. What? You're not going to like this. The other day, we decided that this weekend we're going to make chicken tiki masala. Uh, and I'm like, all right, babes, look at the list. Jeez. Oh, okay, two. Okay, so I made sure that I listened to both recipes, and I seriously thought that I got everything on that recipe all right hold on no 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 no, no. i want to tell it my way because you always like to twist things around here and yes he actually did ask me if i got everything on the list and, and did i say and and the night before i said look at that list make sure you look and at I it did. and you and you got a little bit frustrated with me saying bubs i got it i'm gonna look at the full list I'm i did and i did look at the full list and i honestly thought because i uh, looked at the add-ons, and one of them happened to be can of crushed tomatoes. Yeah, and I seriously thought I put them in the cart, as and that kind of stuff happens when you're at the grocery store in person. You think you bought uh, paper towels, but you forgot to put it in the cart. That that same thing happened with me, uh, and it's uh, and it's not like I wasn't paying attention when I was looking at the list. It's that for some reason, I don't know if my mind was elsewhere trying to get everything situated, but I forgot the cr I forgot the can of crushed tomatoes, but but I but uh uh we went to my cabinet and we, I happened to have uh three small cans of tomato sauce. So oh, we're kind of um Yeah. We're kind of uh improvising a little bit. Exactly, which you can do in making a recipe. Uh, but it is interesting that you got upset with me by saying, look at the list, and it turns out that you didn't. <laughs> and um, and this actually, this part was not my fault because you're making the sauce after, um, you know, while I was cutting up the chicken, yep. which is, is, is very, um, uh, I don't like doing it. But um, you made the sauce, and the person who gave me the non, the, the yogurt um, in, uh, the driver who gave me my groceries uh, got me uh, non-fat instead of fat yogurt. And full actually, fat yogurt. full fat yogurt is better for you than non-fat yogurt. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, because it contains, when people say cut fat out of your diet. But we need fat. There's a lot of different questions behind that. Not only do we need fat, but what type of fat are you, you cutting right. out? Right. And the way I understand it is not only does fat yogurt taste better, but it's actually it's slightly healthier for you. It is, and it's and it's, I'm not a doctor. It's kind so of like that. it's kind of like butter, right? Yeah, but real butter versus margarine, and we're finding out. And this is very confusing because when I was growing up, people were saying, "No, no, no, you should use 
margarine for your toast or margarine for whatever pancakes instead of butter because there's a high fat content. Well, butter is actually better because the margarine is, um, it's kind of like hydrogenated yes. oil. It's like vegetable oil and vegetable oil, as we know now, is not good for you. Exactly. So and not, only, oil not only does uh, that stuff taste horrible, it's not as good for you. So it's it's an interesting thing. Yeah, because because at the time in my early 20s, when I was learning how to live on my own, I used to buy um, a container of golden soft margarine because I liked uh, toast with margarine on it or, or at least some kind of butter. Um but then I was finding out later on, and I wish I would have known this back then, that not only is margarine not good for you, but hydrogenated oils like um, vegetable oil and then canola oil isn't good for you either. Um, but then people have been talking about avocado oil, coconut oil, uh, extra uh, virgin olive oil and, and all its benefits. Uh, yeah. And um, that extra virgin olive oil can be, you don't have to even put a lot of oil. You can use that for cooking and things of that sort. But um, that there's different oils that you can use that isn't going to clog your arteries. I've been a big fan of using butter. I, n I never got into the whole margarine thing. Okay. I know my mom did it for a time, but I, I was always like, no. Because mm -hmm. you got to, at some point, think for yourself a little bit. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, the same thing with with eggs, okay? I know you're not an egg person, but I am. And oh. I, I was always told um, growing up that it's not good to eat the egg yolks and that we should all separate, always separate the yolks from the whites and that the egg whites were healthier. But I've been reading now that not only is are eggs a, a good source of protein, but the yolks have um, uh, good uh, nutrients in it too. And the egg whites, just the egg whites aren't going to give you a lot of health benefits uh -oh. by themselves. So it's confusing because food science has been changing. There are some things that I've still stayed the same, but food science has been changing a lot nice. with the times. Yes. And that we're finding out more about it. Like, a lot of people want to cut salt out of their diet, but we, we need salt. We don't need it in the levels that people eat it, but we do need some amount of salt. That's why I always try to buy kosher or like Himalayan salt. Oh, pink Himalayan salt is great. I love using um, Himalayan but salt. But the salt that, and, and now we're, we're more specific at the salt that we should not be using is table salt. Because exactly. that's the bad stuff. Yep. That's the stuff that clogs your arteries. Yes. Um, so it's although, just, although I'll say this. My grandfather used to eat a lot of table salt yeah. and he never had any issues with that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, breads um, now have been changing because um, maybe like about 20 years ago, even 30 years ago, I've been hearing that um, white bread's not good for you and you should go with the, the uh, multi-grain or whole grains. But now I've been hearing about sourdough bread and that's like one of the best breads to use. Yes. Sourdough uh, is great. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to be making a few loaves this week. And yeah. I suggested one of the few advantages to this yogurt you got is I believe it's cultured. Mm -hmm. So you could ferment your own yogurt from it with some milk. 
and uh, maybe add some honey for flavoring. So I said, well, why don't you make yogurt this week and I'll bring over some sourdough bread next weekend. What, are we, what would we do with the yogurt and bread? We'd use the yogurt as like a dipping sauce. Oh, interesting. Yeah. A dipping sauce? A dipping sauce. Hmm. What do you think about that, Well, You mean like dump the entire yogurt in there? No, I mean cut up the yogurt and as, cut up the bread rather. And as we're eating it, just like dip it in the yogurt. No, 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 no. I mean to make the yogurt. Uh, the whole thing goes into... No, the... not a little bit of yogurt. A little like bit a couple of, of spoonfuls in some milk in your slow cooker. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll have to talk to you about that. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to do it this week, but <laughs> but it would be a good use of the milk. Exactly. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Let's say I'm a Christian. Okay. And not going to happen, but, you know, one can You fantasize. never know. You never know. Stranger things have happened before. Oh. You never know. And it's the 1990s. Yeah. And I have, uh, I eat badly, but I eat like a lot of margarine because I'm told that it's good for me. And I didn't eat a lot of margarine. Okay, I know you didn't. I didn't. But because I eat so much margarine, I end up having a heart attack and dying. Now, your body is, you're supposed to treat your body with respect. Yeah. Is God going to look at me? Because I know you say this isn't true, but I get the sense from reading the Bible that God likes to set traps for people. No. Okay. Come on. Is God going to look at me like, you ruined your body, you did this, you weren't respectful, or is God going to take into the consideration that my doctors told me to eat margarine? Here's what I say about that. Okay. It does say in the Bible that your body is a temple. Yeah. Is a temple. And that you should treat it as such. I think that we are going to be judged, yes, for sure, judged by how we take care of our bodies. Because if our bodies are not um, taken care of, we cannot serve God the way that we should. Okay. Just like if our brains are not taken care of, we can't use our brains that God has given us. Um, so I think that, yes, we have to be, we will be held accountable to how we treated our body, which is nothing but a, an imperfect vessel for our spirits. Um, so yeah, I think that will be taken into account. But you think if I was a Christian who died in the 1990s from eating too much margarine, mm -hmm. God is going to judge me for eating too much margarine, even though that's what the medical community told me to do at the time? Um. Well, he's going to judge us for a lot of things. I'm not sure about that. But I think that taking care of our body, um, you know, he gave us a body for a reason. Okay, let me rephrase the question. All right, all right. It's the 1990s. I eat unhealthy foods, and as a result, I die, and I'm a Christian. Yeah. But I eat foods that are unhealthy that the medical community has told me were good for me. And, um, then, and, and had I lived 20 more years, I would have known that the medical community of the 1990s well, didn't have their act together. Well... It would be one thing if you knew about it. And I don't know about it. No, but I don't know it I don't know what he would say if the medical if your doctor actually told you to do it. Mm. So I, I can't answer that question. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, um so before we before I cut the chicken up and you made the sauce, um we 
made some very good chocolate chip muffins again. Yes. Um, this time we did not have Hershey Kisses because the I guess they must have been out. So um, we took advantage of the chocolate chips that we did have. And I mixed um, a tablespoon of sugar with a half a teaspoon of cinnamon and pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice has a lot of cinnamon in it. And it nice. had a lot of cinnamon in it. but um, and, and I think it's basically like cinnamon and nutmeg, I think. Yes. Yeah. But it turned out really good. You could smell the cinnamon from the oven. Yes. As it was um, cooking the the chocolate and the rest of the muffin batter. I mean, it was really good. Nice. And, there, and, and there's quite a bit left. So you're going to take some home. Okay. I'll take the rest of them home if you want. No. I don't I want, want you to die from... Bubs. Eating wrong. What? I want some too. Okay. And I don't eat like five muffins a day. Oh, good. Give me a kiss. No. Why not? Because you're a greedy boy. No, I'm normal boy. And my. No, I'm teaching you how to heal. And I'm teaching you how to heal. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm teaching you. Give no, me a kiss. I've been sharing for okay. pretty much all of my life. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. But I'll show you this. Mm. Okay, okay. No <laughs> weird noises. No weird noises. But the, the muffins turned out super good. I'm sure it probably smells like cinnamon and chocolate in my <laughs> my kitchen. <laughs> it smells... It was really good. It was. Yeah. I I had two of them, and the first one that I ate had um the sugar and uh, cinnamon topping. Yeah. Delicious. We don't agree on everything. Obviously not. And last night when we were getting ready for dinner, I'm just going to... I'm going to say it how it is. You did something that I thought was a little bit nutty at the time, but I'm glad you did it now. What did I do? We you were setting the table, and we had brought bought some of those like uh, individual bottles of Coke, cherry Coke. Yeah, the um uh, twenty ounces. Yes. And you pulled out cups, and I'm like, "Well, we're just gonna have uh, two bottles of Coke." And you're like, "Oh, Bob, I like um poem and cup, Bobo." I thought to myself, okay, well, that's really strange. But because you did that, we kind of had smaller doses of Coke. And we're going to have some uh, this afternoon. Yeah. Um, probably not for dinner because we want to have water with that. But, yes, yes. But we'll have some as like a nice snack. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I usually don't drink from bottles of sodas. Mm. I just, I like a glass there because if I want more, I can just pour it in. But that's just me. Yeah. You know, um, I drink like if I have a can of it, and I don't, I don't, I don't drink uh, Coke or cherry cokes or sodas very often. But if I have a can, I'll drink that. But I like pouring things in glasses. That's odd, but okay. Well, that's just me. Yeah, I will tell you this, and I probably am going to sound a little bit out there. Yeah. When I used to drink pop you on drank the regular, more than I did, right. But this was back in the day, not now. I would just buy uh, like a two liter of Pepsi. Good grief. <laughs> and just go to the fridge whenever I had a sip, just open it and just like drink out of the... Wow. Yeah, why not? Well, I guess it would help. I mean, the, the problem with those bottles that I've noticed, I mean, it's easy to share like a one or two liter with a group of people, but that liter can go flat pretty quickly. Yeah, but you, you put the cap the, back on. If you don't drink it, if you don't drink it, uh, like in the next, 
day or two. Um, it can go, it can go flat. I, I've noticed that the more soda I have, the flatter it mm. goes. Yeah. I'm telling you what I did. And I, I thought it was fine just to drink out of the bottle. Now, I do remember when I had a frozen Coke from the freezer, I think it was, or it froze over or whatever. And before I completely opened it, I could hear the, the ice cracking. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really fun. I love that. About 30 minutes before dinner last night, I said, hey, babes, I could put the Cokes in the freezer. And you completely shut down that idea. I just didn't think it was necessary. It wasn't necessary, but it would have added to the flavor. No, it wouldn't. It would just get colder. Yeah, but don't you think that that makes something taste better that's a liquid? Usually. Um, I I guess I'm, I'm not like, uh, I mean, I like a cold soda, but I don't like it super cold. You know what I mean? I like my drinks, with the possible exception of hot buttered rum, everything else that I drink, I like it to where it's just about to ice up. Yeah, but when was the last time you drank hot buttered rum? It's been a minute, like what, years before we got together. It's a good thing it was Eli. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I like it at the point where you, it feels like it's just about to get icy. That's how cold I like. I mean, drinks. I like that. I like it icy once in a while, but why? Why do I have to have it icy if I um decide to um, put ice ice cubes in my trays? Which I should do that actually. Oh, I don't like to add ice to it. I just like to taste it where it feels like it's about to start forming ice. That's how cold I like my drinks. Wow. Yeah. I don't like it that cold. Oh wow. I like it cold enough to where I can handle it, but I, 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 I yeah. I mean, I don't like it super cold. I remember in the summer of 2015, mm -hmm. which was like one that of the hot, yeah, summer. one of the hottest summers here. Yes, I was doing this self love uh, group. Mm -hmm. I'm not do not in the sense that I was running it. I I was a regular there. You were, uh, yeah. And we used to meet at this park, which was a little bit of a ways from where I lived. Mm -hmm. So I would pack a bottle of water. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what I would do is I, before I would go, I would put another bottle in the freezer for like an hour, mm -hmm. take it out, put some lemon and lime in it, put it in the fridge so it's it's super cold, and then I'd go to the thing mm. and then come home. And I remember one night I came home and I got there just as the, as the sun was going down, go inside, open my fridge, open the super cold bottle of water and drink it, and it tasted just as good as any soda I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. But I was probably super dehydrated. I mean, I do like it that cold once in a while, but I don't always like it when it goes down. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it kind of, I don't like the brain freeze feeling, if you know what I mean. That's interesting. I don't really get that from drinking things like water or soda. I get that more from eating ice cream. Yeah, I, I, I don't get that. I mean, I, I know what that kind of feels like. It, it does feel really weird. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know some people get brain freezes from Slurpees. I could, I could maybe see that. Yeah. Or Icy's or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't necessarily like it all the time when it goes down really fast. Oh. But I understand why you would like it that cool. It's just not. I mean, I, I remember. Remember when we went berry picking? Yeah. Four years ago? I do. Yes, I remember that day very well. We went berry picking. It was a particularly hot day in June. Uh, yep. I just came back from my trip, and um, we were given some cups of water, 
And that was really good. That was cold water. Mm. And I love, I like water that cold sometimes. Nice. Yeah. But I mean, I just like, I mean, if I'm buying sodas for myself, I just like it, the, the, you know, maybe, maybe one day I will do that, Bubs. And if we buy, um, a couple sodas again, I'll put them in the freezer and try it. Yeah. But usually if I buy one for myself, I just like it cold enough. Huh. Interesting. But that's just me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I remember I was in Sun River in 96. Uh-huh. It had to be like 95 or 96. So you must have been in middle school then. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, 96 or 97. I'm going to say it was 96, but don't quote me on that. Mm. And we were staying at this condo because the MLC used to do this thing. They might still do it. Yeah. Where at the end of the year in um, middle school, they take the class down to Sun River and they'd rent condos. That and sounds like fun. It actually was pretty fun. And I put a soda in the refrigerator and my teacher got freaked out. He's like, this is going to explode if it's in there too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I thought, oh, he's he's just overreacting. Yeah, like calm down, bro. Yeah, and I still feel that way. But but did it explode? No, that it would explode if you left it in the freezer too long. Yeah, but I I wasn't planning to leave it in the freezer overnight. Just no. like a little while. And you gotta it. and if you're gonna make sure it doesn't explode, you gotta open open it slowly. Exactly. You don't just like open it and then everything just. <laughs> rushes out of there and gets all over the place yeah it's just like when you're opening a bottle of soda you don't want to shake it or squeeze it exactly it's just common sense yes i remember babes when i was living in denver a friend of mine for some reason was having trouble getting the soda bottle open wow and he was shaking and shaking and getting and he, oh my goodness. and he was struggling to get it open these are the type of people i hang with they can't open soda bottles <laughs> and so how old was this kid he was like uh around my age this is one of the people in my inner circle and, and what what year was it it was when i was in colorado this would have been 2006 oh my goodness are you serious yeah i'm dead serious so i'm like here, gave it to give it to me, and he'd been shaking and shaking, and the guy's like, "No, Rick, it's gonna explode." And I'm like, "No, it's not." And I put it on my knee and just open. And he's like, "How did how did you get that open?" I'm like, "Bro, who do you think you're dealing?" With? <laughs> I thought maybe that was some kid that was like 12 years old. And no, 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 it. this was one of my friends. <laughs> I, I, I can I can guesstimate who that might be. A very special person. <laughs> You open the bottle slowly. And, and uh, of course. You don't shake it. And like three of my friends were in the room oh and watching this. And they're like, because they, my friend had just sucking it up. And he's like convinced it's going to explode. I'm like, no, give it to me. Let me do it. Let me do it. And then I just sat, sat it on my knee for a second and opened it. And everything was fine. Oh, yeah. You just, yeah. you just do things very slowly. And what people don't realize, too, if you stop shaking a can of Coke or a bottle yep. Yep. and just let it rest for like 10 seconds, yeah, it's like you didn't shake it up in the sense that you can open it just fine without it. Oh, yeah. It it'll settle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you if you have a 20-ounce bottle, for example, don't squeeze it while you're opening it because it's going to spill all over the place. You know, you right. open it slowly. And it's fine. I remember one of my dad's friends told yeah. me when I was a little kid yeah. that when he was younger and at school, him and his friends would shake up their bottles and open it and see how much it could explode. 
And I think he told me one day he shook up a bottle, opened it, and so much came out that by the end of it, it was pretty much all gone. <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Stupid, but funny. <laughs> that's, 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 that's actually um, not quite as funny as uh, the one person who kept shaking it because it was... <laughs> He's trying to get it open. But wait a minute, what was wrong with the cap? There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, that's even funnier. I, I mean, from my perspective, it opened just fine. If there were, put it to you this way. If there was something wrong with it, it wasn't anything that I had an issue with. I just, I just opened yeah. it like it, it ain't no thing. But you know what's weird, babes? I, I'm confidently saying, hey, give it to me. Yeah. But I don't know what's wrong with it. I'm just like, I'm going to open it fine. And, the, and when he's handing it to me before I can fill the cap, I'm thinking, oh, I hope nothing's wrong with this. And I hope I just didn't, you know, set myself up for failure. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And, and in fairness, I don't remember if it was a cap or a can that I opened. It was one of those two. Okay. okay. But there was nothing wrong with it. Oh, like okay. when I opened it, 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 it was just regular. Because I'm assuming, well, how, I mean, how would the, the guy know? It's a guy, right? Of course. How would the guy know? <laughs> okay. How would the guy know that? Something was really wrong with it if he didn't actually twist the cap. I don't know. And, you know what I mean? And, oh, and, I hear you. Please. And even with anything else, right? If you're having a hard time opening a jar, one of the um, things that does work for me is um, take um, a thick uh, towel. Yeah. Lay it on the jar or whatever you're opening, um, because you don't want that. You don't want to get a blister when you're trying to open the thing, and then you. You take the towel and twist the cap or the lid off of whatever it is you're having a problem with, and it's just fine. Well, now, having just shit on a friend of mine, let me shit on myself real quickly. Yeah. Yes. That's a very easy way to open a jar, and it's usually all good. Yes. But I remember this one time, babes. I think this was... If it wasn't before we started dating, it was very close. It was either early on in our relationship or before we started dating. Uh-huh. And maybe it was a year before. I don't know. But, it, you know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I bought these Chipotles uh-huh. from, I want to say, Fred Meyer. Yeah. And I could not get this cap open from the life of me. I tried the towel trick. Mm-hmm. I tried putting it under warm water. Oh, yeah, that, that works, too. And this thing would just not open. I tried banging it on the side of my um, sink. I never got this thing open mm-hmm. to the point where one day I just gave up and threw the thing away. <laughs> That's a waste of Chipotle. I know, I know. But, like, literally, <laughs> for real, this wasn't like I tried this one day for, like, a minute. I was trying hard to get wow, this. Wow, that must have been like really sealed shut. Yeah. Like the like whoever closed the um the jar uh was making sure that nobody opened it. <laughs> I would like to believe that I am strong enough to open a jar. Yeah. So that leads me to the conclusion that something went wrong at the factory. And we're gonna go with that story. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> not that um not that you really should have known how to open that jar. I do know how to open jars. That jar. I mean. Yeah. That particular jar, not just any jar. And I've opened jars for friends. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not opening pop bottles. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, that that's such a funny story I though. Know, I know. Uh your friend's story, not yours. Thank you. 
That one's funnier than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, what would make this person think that shaking a bottle would open it? Yeah. I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Good okay. stuff there. Jim. And I, and, and, and again, I don't I don't laugh like that. What do you mean? I never laugh like <laughs> <laughs> I never did. No, that's how you laughed until you were around 11. No. Yeah, it is. That's my impression of you as a little kid laughing. No. Yes. No. It probably sounded like how I laugh now, but younger. <laughs> that's Your mom told me you used to laugh like that. No, she never said that. Oh. <clears throat> no. I thought she did. <laughs> no. Oh. Well, All right, well, give me a kiss then. Mm. Mm. Good. <laughs> yes, but last night we had some uh our uh, go-to grilled cheese sandwiches. Yep, good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, we had some chips and mm -hmm. uh uh some cherry cokes and it was it was good. And uh, unfortunately though, we forgot to marinate the chicken and and both of us did. It wasn't just me, but no, this time it wasn't just you. You forgot to buy the ingredients, but we both hey, forgot to. No, 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 that was just a can of tomatoes. <laughs> no, no, you didn't go with the other stuff. Ah, give me some credit, bud. No, I'll give you credit, babes. Okay, um, so we forgot to do that. So we made the muffins, tried a couple of muffins, they were really good, obviously. Yep. And then, um, you said, okay, uh, we should get out the chicken and start our marinade. And I'm like, do we have to do that now? And I'm actually glad we did, but we spent like a good part of the morning. There's a couple of things. Mm -hmm. Um, what we in retrospect, well, let me say what we did, and then let me say how we could handle it better in the future. Mm -hmm. We started making the muffins, and you're pulling out things one at a time, and said, and and then we had a little bit of batter left over. Yes. So I said, okay, babes. Either I work with the chicken and you work with the muffins, taking them in and out of the oven. Because we we're going to do, that, yeah. we we're going to do, we done uh, like 12 muffins and we had enough batter left to make three more. Oh. Or I said, I could work on making our sauce mm -hmm. and work with the batter and do the muffins. Yeah. And that's how we ended up doing it. So. This morning, when we got out of bed and came into the living room, we watched the muffin video. Yep. And then you started taking out things one at a time. Really, what we should have done is come up with a list of what we needed out and gotten all everything out at once for the muffins. That's probably what we should have done. Yeah. And what I, it would have gone faster. Uh, yeah, obviously, but yeah. but that's okay. We we um we just worked with what we had and what you know, what time we were using that for and it worked, it turned out really good. It did. I didn't get nearly as much flour as I would have <laughs> if I wasn't wearing my, um, you know, if I wasn't wearing my, uh, uh, trusted apron, nice. which I don't wear very often and I should, <laughs> um, but it, it, I mean, it was good. I'm glad that we, um, spent that part of the day, um, 
baking and uh, marinating. See, and I knew you would be. I knew you'd be glad that we marinated the chicken now instead of waiting for the last minute. Because you wanted to quit. There was, we pulled the muffins out and Lisa first batch and we sat down and you're like, J-Wool is tired. Just talk for a while, Bubs. And then at one point you're like, we want to marinate your chicken now. Yeah, because I was feeling, I was feeling slightly dehydrated. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me just sit for a minute. I'll get a couple drinks of water because it is getting hot in here and I need some hydration, but I'm glad I did. And um, I was able to uh, work with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I am very glad that we got our, that we're getting our chicken marinated now and it's smelling good too. Absolutely. Because now all we have to worry about is the veggies. And just, you know, cooking everything together, but that, yep. that ain't nothing. That is nothing, yeah. We did the hard part. We did the hard part. Now it's a uh, easy peasy for me. It should be smooth sailing. Yeah. And we had an interesting view, or at least I did this morning, because apparently there's wildfires in Oregon. Yes, in so, parts of Oregon. There's there's wildfires in other counties, like, um, or at least a danger of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in like uh, Tillamook County and Marion County, the county that I asked you about and you didn't know where it was. I, I told you, babes, I, I'm not good at geography. And <laughs> You lived in Portland pretty much all of your life. Beth had just died. <laughs> Queen Beth. Don't, 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 don't blame it on the death of Queen Elizabeth, okay? Is it Beth or Bethy? It's Elizabeth. Okay, Beth had just died. <laughs> So I was a little bit sad over that. Oh my gosh, you know you weren't. And I'm not the best with geography anyway. Ugh. But we got, or the sky was very uh, odd this morning. And we made it all work. Right, and, and it doesn't look as odd? No, it's starting to look somewhat normal. Okay. So that's what happened there, J-Wall. I was a little bit concerned because I was reading and hearing about some counties being um, their power being shut off to make sure that um, uh, no power lines are cut off from uh, falling limbs. Thought we talked about that yesterday. Did we? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't. I don't know about that. But anyway, oh. um, yeah, I was a little bit concerned, but um, I think hopefully it'll be uh, back to normal tomorrow. I think so, Bays. But uh, I do remember waking up this morning and hearing the wind just going. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad we're not out there. <laughs> it's gonna blow us away, Bubs. Well, good. You know, we're not very big people. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm a little bit bigger than you, but not by much. No, not by much. Yes, not by much. I think if you were like a few inches shorter and you're around um, my height or maybe a couple inches taller, mm-hmm. I think we'd be around the same size. Okay. Or maybe, well, maybe not quite the same size, but you know what I mean. I hear you, babes. Yes. Yeah. This week, I read The Green Mile to prepare mm-hmm. for last night. Mm-hmm. Frank Darabont. Is it Darabont or Darabont? I think it's Darabont. I, I don't know. Who directed another Stephen King adaptation, one of the best movies ever, in my opinion, The Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. A few years after that, mm-hmm. did a film called Green Mile. Yeah, The Green Mile, yes. It's pretty and good. And I thought The Green Mile was about somebody walking... A long, 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 long way. And it was green. I really enjoyed this film, but I know it affected you a lot. So would you like to give the recap? Certainly did. 
So, um, this guy, his name was Paul. What's his last name? I don't remember. Um, we can call him Paul Wall if you want. Paul, Paul the Wall. Who's Paul Wall? Paul Wall. You know that song, Smile for Me, Dad. I want to see your grill. Oh, yes. With Nelly and the Paul grill. Wall. Yep, yep. And then he did a song with um, Kanye West, mm -hmm. Ride Slow. But he's probably best known because early on in his career, he, him and Chamillionaire uh -huh. um, worked together. Yeah, they grew up together. Oh, wow. And they made an album in, like, 99 that's still considered, like, an underground hip-hop classic. And then Chamillionaire went on to do Ride and Dirty and retired because he made a ton of money off of creating some app. Oh, wow. But, yeah. So, Paul Wall had some success. Even though he's a white guy, he's a pretty good rapper. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But we can call this dude Paul Wall. They had some. They had some weird. Uh, they, there's some weird uh, names for rappers. There are. But anyway, okay. His name is Paul. Forgot what his last name was. Um, but he was telling his friend, um, his friend Elaine, that is living in a nursing home with him, about his time working on a death row. He was a part of um, uh, being witness to the, um, or helping out with the executions. So we go back to 19, well, in the movie, it's 1935. In the book, it's 1932, correct? Correct. Okay. So we go back and he's working in the prison. And um, there's a guy that was just admitted to the prison because he was found with two dead little girls and he was crying and he he was obviously he was obviously very very distraught i think um that was in the uh, towards the beginning of the movie right we saw this yes okay he was very distraught and they thought that he murdered these girls because they caught him with the dead the two dead bodies. After was, raping them. After raping them, yes, which is awful. So they take him in, they take him to a cell, he's compliant, but he's crying a lot. He's just, you know, he's a simple-minded guy, he's a simple guy, he's crying a lot um, when he's not talking to anybody. And... Paul was having some problems with a really, really, really bad urinary tract infection that year. And other things were happening. There was um, um, this guy named Percy that was their colleague, which I thought he was a prisoner. Um, but he was a colleague that... Um, and I thought I was a pothead. Hey! Keep going. I am... Awesome! Not. <laughs> ever. Ever, ever, ever. You say sorry. Sorry, babe. Sorry. It might help with your concentration, but that's a, a debate for another time. Keep no, going. No, it just slows things down and then you get hungry. And I mean, it's, it's mentioned many times that he works for the prison, Percy. Okay. And that he, he's related to the, the governor. Right. He's, he, he comes from um, he comes from a well-off uh, family so, connections. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he, you know, things are going on. He has a very, very bad urinary tract infection. 
and Paul does. Yeah, Paul does. Yeah. And the whole thing with John Coffee really comes to what well, really starts to come to a head when he says, "Boss, I need to see you. You have to come and talk to me." And 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 this is around the time where he's thinking, "Okay, I'm going to go to the doctor and see what's going on because I I got to get this new, you know, I I have to deal with this new prisoner who is um uh Wild Bill, which I I will get to eventually. He's a crazy man." So he goes to his cell and he's like, what do you want? And he grabs onto him. John Coffey grabs yeah. onto Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, he grabs onto him. And then what happens when he's doing this? John basically takes the pain away. Yeah, but no, but I mean, what is happening uh, visually that you can see that you remember? He's just Tom Hanks, who plays Paul, is kind of shaking mm-hmm. and the lights get a little bit brighter. And afterwards, John Coffey blows out these bugs from his mouth. And he's coughing, yep. yes. And these bugs just kind of fly out of the cell. Mm-hmm. Don't know where they come from. They just fly out of the cell. And uh, he comes home and he's just as right as rain. And uh, let's just say that him and his wife's relationship are a lot better afterwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. And let's just say it's the wife who is walking funny after this. Oh, Bubs. <laughs> you have to go into that detail. I just basically said it okay. without saying it. And she but she's uh, walking funny, so she made some cornbread for John Coffee. Uh, now, babes, on with the story. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so Yes, she does make cornbread. Give um um Paul gives it to John Coffey, played by Michael Clark Duncan. He was really good in that movie. And uh this little mouse, Mr. Jangles, Jangles? Mr. Jangles, I think. Mr. Jangles is um kind of running around and um Dell, or at least that's the name that they call him. Um takes to the mouse and wants to keep it and says, Hey, could, could, could I have a box for the little mouse? And Paul's like, Oh yeah. Why don't we get a cigar box? And Percy recommended. Percy, cigar oh box. yeah. Why don't we get a, a cigar box and uh, put some uh, lining in the cigar box and you can keep the mouse in there. He'll be fine. Let you know, Percy's a troublemaker. So we're going to get to that <laughs> later on. Thank you. And so, um, things are going on. They're having some problems with Wild Bill because he's hurting people and he's, he has a gun, right? No, he's a prisoner. He's inside a cell. No, no, no. But he's been, he's been like hitting people and. He's been hitting people, but not with a gun. Not, at least not since he got to the prison. Okay. And he's a crazy person. Yes. And so, um, all kinds of things are happening um. Uh, would you like to fill in some of them? Because it's a long movie. It's over three hours, I yeah. believe. One point, Percy trips uh, your man with the rat. The mouse. No, the, who's the dude's name? Who uh, has Del. Del. And Del is taken to the cell. Wild Bill grabs Percy, and Percy just, like, freaks out. Yeah. Okay. A little bit later, Percy stomps out Mr. Jenga's with his foot 
and just walks away with this like shitting uh, arrogance to him. And and Dell is so upset. Yes. He's just crying, and and here comes here comes John Coffey, and he says, "Give the mouse to me." So he hands him the mouse, and well, I believe Tom Hanks or Tom hands John the mouse. And they're like, wow, look at the tail. The tail starts to flutter. And that little mouse, uh, Mr. Jangles, comes back to life. And they look to Dell. They're all like, you're getting some tail tonight. Not what they said. Okay. No, Dell was very, very happy afterwards. Of course, because he knew he was getting some tail that night. Both. All right, babe, back to the story. No, and fill in a little bit. I mean, I can't tell everything. Okay. Time goes by, and... When John Coffey helped um, Tom Hanks' character, Paul, basically there was another person in a cell there, but he didn't really know what was going on. But when he helped the mouse, it was Paul and the other prison guards who he got along with. Only Percy wasn't there, right? Yeah. And they keep having trouble with Wild Bill and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We should also say that one of the guys who helps run the prison, was his name Howard? Uh, Hal. Hal. Hal is a, a, the warden. Okay. A, one of the wardens. Hal's wife is diagnosed with a fatal brain tumor. And it's, it's, it's so gotten to the point where she's saying things that she normally wouldn't say right. if she was well and... And she and he was saying something like, you know, my my, you know, I can't believe she would say those things, you know, and it's hard to hear it from a voice, you know, from a from a sweet voice. And I don't know what to do. In the book, she gets a lot more vulgar. Oh, but in any I'm sure event, she does. Yes. Paul decides that. Actually, let me let me back up a minute. They kill, uh, what's his face? The guy with the rap. Uh, Dell. It's a mouse. But, yeah, so, okay, so let me, let me explain that. So, usually during the executions, they wash a sponge. And they put the sponge, like, in the back of the person's head, right? Yes. And that's supposed to make the electricity go through the brain, um, go to the brain a lot quicker. Yep. But... Percy decides he wants to get one more over on Dell, so he doesn't do it. The body starts burning. There's a really good part of the scene, which is kind of short, where Percy's trying to, like, turn away from the uh, execution. Yeah. And Tom Hanks forces him to watch it. Yeah, because this is this is what he did. Yep. And poor John Coffey, he's very upset, and he's like, I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel it from over here. Okay, so this is all a setup for... The night where they break John Coffey out to help Hal's wife. Yep. And they, it, uh, did, did you want to take it from here? Yes. Okay. Well, at that time, he's talking. Well, let's just say. So before they take him out, he's talking to the guys. And he's saying, you know, you know, Hal is saying, well, I mean, John Coffey, you know, he's telling he was telling everybody what John Coffey did with um, the mouse yep. and with him, and he didn't have to go to the doctor. And Hal was just questioning, well, 
wait a minute, you know, th this is... Could, could I back up? What? There's a lot of important stuff that happens before then. Okay, go on. Okay. So before they go to Hal's house and before they break John Coffee out, they got to make sure that nobody's going to squill. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's super important. So they they take Wild Bill and Percy and they put them in the hole. No. No? Wild Bill is put in the hole several times through the movie, and, and but not at the night when this is going down. They give him a sedative in a drink, Wild Bill. He yeah. passes out. And take him back to the cell. Okay. He, he's already in the cell. Oh, yeah, he's already in the cell. Okay. Okay. They go to Percy, who's looking at some porn. Uh, and it's not like Jenna Jameson type stuff. You know, because this was, he's looking at the 1930s equivalent to Jenna Jameson. Okay. Okay. And they put him in a straight jacket. Yep. Add some tape. I almost said duct tape. tape. I don't think it is duct tape. It's duct tape. I don't think it's that. Oh, it's it's some kind of tape. Okay, yes. Some kind of tape to his mouth and throw Percy in the hole. Yep. Then they take John Coffey to see your man Hal, who has a gun out. John Coffey goes back or goes past him up the stairs and helps the wife who gives him a chain with St. Christopher on it, yeah. which if you watch The Boys, Ryan also got a chain with St. Christopher on it from Alana's uh, 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 brother in Christ, uh, Billy Butcher. No. What? Yeah, the Billy Butcher is a character. But he's also... Your... No, 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 he's not. No, he's not. Don't even say oh, that. I, I don't thought... even like Billy, Billy Okay, Butcher. I thought he was your brother in Christ. Ah! <laughs> What's up? Back to the movie, please. You, you, come on, but we can talk about uh, the boys later. Ugh. And doing Bible study with Richard. Bubs. <laughs> I I I do a I do a Bible study with uh, Carl. What's his name? Uh, Irvin. Not Butcher. Yes. Because Butcher sounds like a very volatile character. Wouldn't it be cool if they had like Butcher hosting a show on the seven? On I almost said on the seven hundred. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if? Uh, Butcher took over hosting the 700 Club from uh, Pat Robertson. No. Oh. <laughs> because he would say something to get him kicked off of TV. <laughs> there we go, babes. Anyways, babes, you no. were taking this off of the movie. No, you again. were. No, you were. You were. No. But I forgive you. And you and you were going to you were going to take over my part, even though um I was going to talk about. That. Okay. Anyway, so he heals the wife. Yep. Then, um, there. Then, um, the um, Paul was trying to decide. Well, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh wait, 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 wait. Did that happen? Did that happen after, um, John Coffey let him see what really happened to Here, the two girls? Let me break down what happened. Okay. Okay. You're taking over a lot, but okay. Did you want me to break it down, or you just no, want to? No, no, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Coffee's leaving his cell and uh, Wild Bill touches his hand and Coffee basically can tell what Wild Bill has done. Yep. Okay? Yep. They get back to the prison. John Coffee's having some issues. Mm -hmm. And it's partially because he helped out Hal's wife and she was dying. Yep. And it's also related to what he saw from Wild Bill. Yeah. So... Paul goes over to him and John says, give me your hand. I have to show you this. You have to know. Yeah. And basically what we learn 
I mean, I already knew this, but you yeah. learned this, is that Wild Bill worked on the farm and raped and killed those two girls. Yeah, on the farm, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't remember if that happened before or after they got Percy, but when Percy is taken out of the hole, he goes over to John Coffey, he grabs him, and blows the bugs that's yeah you know occur, come to life every time that uh, your man heals somebody. John Coffey and, helps and, somebody out, and he takes the bugs and blows them into to Percy. Exactly. Yep. And Percy basically just zones out at this point. Mm-hmm. Eventually, grabs his gun and shoots down Wild Bill. Yep. Yep. That he did. They take. Percy off to the funny farm. Yep. Now it's the next day. J-Lo, take over. And Paul's trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Because he witnessed this. He knows now that John Coffey never killed those two girls, but he feels really bad. And he said in the beginning when he was in the prison, he said, I tried to take it back, but I couldn't. I couldn't do it. John Coffey said that. Yep. Yep. So... He's talking to his wife and he said, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I oversee these, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I have to help with the executions and I don't know what to do at this point because, you know, this guy is a miracle worker. Uh, what do I do? And, and his, her, his wife feels really bad and says, there's really no way out for you with this. Is there? And so he goes and talks to John Coffey. And this is something that really was impactful, what he asked uh, John Coffey. He said, you know, one day I'm going to stand before God and he's going to ask me, you know, why did I kill one of God's miracles? What am I going to say? And I forgot what his response was. But it was really powerful. It really made you question a lot of things. John Coffey basically says that there's a lot of hurt in the world and he can't stand being here anymore. He basically says, no, but I can't remember what he said that um, that he, he told him to tell um, God. But he said, um, I just wanted to get it over with. I don't want to feel this anymore. And he's like, is there anything else you want you would like uh, before before tomorrow because he's asking him about dinner yeah. and all that and he goes well I've never seen a flick show <laughs> which is a movie. movie that did not happen in the book okay yes. and they and I forgot what movie they watched but it, it had the the song heaven, uh, I'm, I'm in, in heaven, heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you had to ruin it <laughs> no keep talking <laughs> Yes, it's it, it was um I forgot what movie it was, but it seemed like they um him and the guys enjoyed it. Yes. So, it's the day of the execution. None of the guys want to do it. No. I mean, they were kind of taking their time. And the mom didn't know what was really going on with John Coffey. And basically Basically had the attitude was, I hope you, I hope you hurt just as much as those girls did. Yeah. The mom of of the two girls who died. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She didn't understand. No. 
They strap him in, and this part got to me. John Coffey is afraid of the dark, Mm -hmm. and they usually put this mask over the person when they're about to be killed. Yep. And he looks at Paul and just is like, please, boss, don't make me go in the dark. Yeah. And Paul, he's just like, ah, well, if I'm going to kill you, bro, I can't do this. Yeah. So, and he, Tom Hanks grabs his hand for a minute. And then he waits, and then finally they kill John Coffey. Yeah, and, and nobody wanted to do it. No. And I think he was almost in tears when he said, when he... Um, gave the order. Gave the order. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kill him, and while he's um, dying, all the lights go crazy again. Yep. And uh, you finish it off. Okay. Okay. Then it goes back to 1999, December to be exact. Was it 98? It was 99 when the movie came out. Yes. Oh, 99. I thought it was 98. Well, it might have been shot in 98. Oh, my God. It came out in 99. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's talking to your girl. Elaine. Elaine. His, his friend at the nursing home. And he's like, well, you know, that's my story. Do you believe me? And she's like, the math doesn't make sense. At one point, you talk about having sons who are already out of school then. But that my was... Son. Okay, a son who's out of school then, but... It was actually two in the book, so maybe oh, that's why I confused it. Okay. But, you know, that was 1935, you're too old, and he, he says, well, I'm actually 108. I was 44 when John Coffey came to the prison. Was he 108 or 104? Yeah, he said 108. Okay. In the movie. Okay. In the book, it might have been 104. But. Okay. Okay. It's like, I have something I want to show you. Yep. Takes her out to a shed. And introduces her to Mr. Jango's. Yep. And Paul basically says that to the best of his understanding, when John Coffey saved Mr. Jango's, a part of him went into Mr. Jango's. Yep. And when John showed him what Wild Bill did, Mm -hmm. he also got a part of John Coffey. Yep. And he suspects... That that's why they've both been able to live for so long. And he says, you know, it's great. I don't really have that many health issues. But the mm-hmm. downside is I outlive everybody that I care about. Yep. And you're going to die before I do. Yep. And I, I, I have no doubt that one day I will pass away. But it's not going to be for a very, very, very long time. Yep. And it's to the point now to where I already look forward to death. Yep. And that's where the movie ends. Yep. And he compared life to the green mile, the green mile, mm-hmm. and how long it can be. Yep. And uh, that was it. Really made you think about um, people on death row. Made you think about your own Im- Im- immortality. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it had it had um, quite an impact on me actually. I liked Shawshank more. Mm-hmm. I think Shawshank is one of the best movies ever made. But th- for real, this was really, really good. And seeing it a second time, I've noticed that with Frank Darabont, his movies for me get better the more I see them. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the opposite of most filmmakers. You actually want to watch his films again and again, and you get more out of them under repeated viewing. Like, I thought this was a really, really powerful movie. Yes, it was. I'd give it a strong eight. What about you? Oh, yeah, I would agree. I would totally agree. Mm. I don't think the Shawshank Redemption touched me as much as it touched you. Yeah. 
But this just really tugged at my heartstrings. Here's a question that is probably obvious. Okay. Could you see watching this film again? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of hard stuff in there. I don't know if I would. For me, this might sound a little bit weird, but before we watch it the second time, I would have said, mm, probably not. Mm -hmm. But again, it's Frank Darabont's. Mm -hmm. I could see myself revisiting this film now. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Possibly seeing it again, but yeah. There's a lot to cover with this movie. And we also need to get snacks and talk about there's something about Mary. So what we're going to. Oh, yeah. Well, we have, to, we have to do this. There's something about Mary commentary. That's what I just said. Get snacks and talk about there's something about Mary. But what before we. Uh, and and I, I want to make some uh, uh, hair gel. Oh! But before that, babe, oh. let's spend a little bit more time oh, on this one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what does this film teach us about justifying doing the right thing? What's it, what do you mean? You could go through it from a lot of different angles. You could say... The state thinks they're right to execute John Coffey, mm -hmm. right? The jury does, mm -hmm. because they believe that he killed and raped two girls. Yeah. But in a sense, they're justifying it, even though they don't know it. He is, for lack of a better word, a child of God. Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks, even though he asked John Coffey, he still kills him. And if, he, if you're against suicide, which mm -hmm. I think you are. Yes. One could also make the, the leap of judgment that even though John says he wants to die, mm -hmm. it's God's choice, not John's. Oh, and absolutely. that Paul is still doing the wrong thing, even though he tried to take John's feelings into consideration. Right. And we we kind of talked about that when you were talking about how you want to go out. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, I still want to go out that way. We're, oh, this is a movie we're talking about. I know. So what does this film say about it's, justifying doing wrong? It's it's tough, okay? Mm -hmm. Because he could have easily said, you know what? I can't kill this guy. I'm done with this job. This is going to affect me forever and I can't I can't do it. But it's kind of like a push and pull, right? Mm. The right thing to do would have been to um to not have to not kill John because he wasn't going to do that and just let John go on with his life. But John said, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I've, I've seen and felt ugliness in the world and I, I just want to go. I don't want to feel it because it sounded to me like he knew where he was going to go. Yeah. And he was going to be there right after he died. So it wasn't like he, you know, he, I got the feeling that he was thinking, I'm going to be fine. Don't worry about me. Uh -huh. um, but he just wanted to go. He just didn't want to feel that anymore. He wanted to be happy. So it's a tough, it's tough. I, I, I don't know what to say about that. It's tough. Okay. It would be tough for me if I was in that situation. And maybe it's a question that you think about over time. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes movies are just films and sometimes they teach us a little bit about ourselves, too. 
And how many people have been on death row and they find out years, even decades later, that there was no evidence against this person? Yeah. And they were in prison for a long time. I think there was a guy named Hurricane... Reuben Carter. Yes. Yep. Yes. Former boxer. Yes, and he was in prison for years. I forgot, was it 20 years? It was a little bit more, I think. And they found out much, much later that there was nothing to prove that he was guilty. Yep. Nothing. And that he was he was served a great injustice. Mm-hmm. So you really have to feel for those people. But John Coffey was like was not saying, Hey, I deserve to be out of here. I'm a good man. I've I've helped these people. No, he said, No, I just I just want to go. I don't care um about anything else. I just want to leave because I know where I'm gonna be. Well here's a question. Yeah. What does Frank Darabont teach us about the prison system? I think that our prison system is very corrupt. Our our whole entire justice system is a is a two tier justice system. I believe mm. it's very corrupt. Um, there are people that do the right thing, but there are people that do the absolute wrong thing. And you think, what are they thinking? Why would they make that decision? How has Frank Darabont helped you evolve in the way you think about prison? I, I don't think it was just him. I think it was just other things. Okay. Yeah. I think it wasn't just him. I think it was just over time of listening to prison stories. Mm. Some people got it right. Some people got it royally wrong. And they never written those wrongs. Yeah. They never uh, rectified the wrongs. And I wish they would. That's what frustrates me. Okay. Because the people that were in there that really didn't do anything should not be yet. It should not be in there if the justice system was working the way it should have been working. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but there are people that did it right. Think of the story of uh, Larry Nasser, the doctor who um, who uh, violated those those girls when he was um, uh, a doctor for these uh, gymnasts. Mm. The 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 lady did not the 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 female judge in that case did not give him a pass. Nice. Didn't slap him on the wrist. He she gave him life in prison. Oh, that's good. She gave him life in prison, so she can't he can't touch these girls. And I heard that there's been a thing with a lot of his ex victims going to the church or going to the prison rather. Not the church. Yeah, going to the prison and he'll come out to meet them and they'll blast can't touch this. Oh, that one, sorry, that was oh, that was bad. It came to my head as I was saying. And and people like Jerry Sandusky was put away after decades of hurting boys. Yes. Um, so some some people did get it right. Um but other people are suffering that are still in there. Uh-huh. And they haven't died. So I, I feel for those people. But with John Coffey, even though John Coffey is just a fictional character, it really, really makes you think about what executioners go through. I'm going to ask you an odd question. Or uh, was he an executioner? No, he was the... Um, He's a person being executed. The, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, Paul. You said John Coffey. No, I meant, I meant Paul. Okay. 
He he worked for the executioners. He yeah. was the one who gave the order to kill. Yeah, he did. He did. What question? Well, okay, I have a couple more. Right. Um, how do I want to phrase this? I believe in the Bible it says something about an eye for an eye and all that good stuff. And yes, absolutely. But that but that only means that they're, they're basically talking about when it comes to something like the death penalty. Right. Here's my question for you. Somebody who works for the state as an executioner. Yeah. They don't kill anybody else. They only kill on their job. Yeah. Um, and and let's let's even take it further. Let's say that this person has a long career and it's not like Paul where we know he killed somebody who didn't deserve it. An executioner who only kills people who are guilty of murder. Do you think that that person is still going to be judged harshly for killing people? Um, I don't know. Possibly. Mm. Now, now this is um here. Okay, so I watched one Tales from the Crypt episode on YouTube. I like Tales from the Crypt. It's I, not my favorite show. I was told about it, and this happened to be about an executioner that didn't get to execute the people that should have been executed. And so what he did is he went outside of work and started executing people that he thought should be executed. Mm. Okay. Yeah. He executed people by, you know, he, um, um, he took his equipment and executed them. Uh, and, and, and they should have been executed, but they weren't, but they, they said that you can't work as an executioner anymore because of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Eventually he was caught and they said, look, because you executed these people outside of work and you did it on your own time, you were not supposed to do that. So we are going to execute you. And, the, and he's like, no, no, no. Call the governor. Call the governor. He'll tell me. He'll, he'll tell you not to execute me. He'll, he'll stop it. Well, they didn't call the governor and he ended up being the, the one executed. Oh. And it was a, it was a very disturbing episode, I have to say. Interesting. But he was one of those executors, executioners that uh, I didn't really feel sorry for. But in general. It, it felt, it, it seemed to me, uh, I'll just say this, I'll just finish this part. It seemed to me like he got a joy out of executing people. Okay. But do you think that people who are executioners... Or thrill, rather. Uh -huh. Okay. People who are executioners, and you believe in a Christian God, and I know the Christian God says an eye for an eye and all that good stuff. And it's not necessarily that these executioners are going to hell, but do you think in some ways executing somebody, even if it's justified is in some level bad for your soul. Now, I will tell you this. Um, as somebody who is not a Christian, yeah. I don't see how being an executioner could be good for somebody's soul, even if you're executing the right people. Um, That's a really good question because the Bible does talking about the shed... The, the Bible does talk about the shedding of blood mm -hmm. and that a man's blood should be shed because, you know, it, I, I do believe that it is in favor of capital punishment because I, an eye for an eye is basically saying that if you kill somebody in cold blood, then your life should be taken in place of that person. And, um, 
I think the act of, uh, so I don't know how to answer this question either because it, I don't think it's, it would be good for a person's morale to be responsible for the killing of people, but some people have to be killed. I agree with you and, and I am for capital punishment. But even if we make a spiritual argument for it, maybe the 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 state or the nation is better for having capital punishment. But I doubt the uh, individual who actually has to do the job is better for doing it. I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, really, I really don't know. I would imagine that it really affects them. But mm. they had to do what they had to do. Um, because because in Ecclesiastes, it does, say, it does say there's a time to kill and a time to heal. Oh. So sometimes there there are times where you have to kill somebody but that doesn't necessarily mean that i mean who knows i mean there might be some very compassionate executioners absolutely i'm sure there is yeah so i mean i don't know i can't answer that question about their souls and it's kind of like i know it's a little bit different but it's similar to soldiers who go to war and have to kill mm -hmm. yes they're doing a great service to help protect us mm -hmm. so it's great for our nation that they're doing it but for themselves, I'm not sure how great it is for them to have to kill. If well, that I makes mean, if, if that makes any about, sense. I mean, if we're talking about PTSD, I would imagine that executioners probably have PTSD. Yes. Major PTSD. I would assume so. No, I I don't think it's good for their morale, and I also don't think it's good for their mind. Yeah. Their soul, maybe not. But their mind, uh, definitely. And they have to deal with it all the time. And also then the question becomes, well, what is a soul? And that's one of those things that's kind of slippery, a little bit hard to define. I don't think it's a hard to define. Well, how would you define it? I think a soul is, it's you as, it, it's basically your essence, your, what makes you you. Mm -hmm. Your mind, that also includes your mind, your spirit. Um. You know, your your soul lives within your body. So whatever makes you, you. That's your soul. Mm. Okay. Uh, apparently that was easy. Yeah. Nice. It's basically what it is. <laughs> what makes you, you. <laughs> Let's talk a, a little bit more about Frank Darabont and Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Stephen King wrote two things. First being Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, and the second being The Green Mile that Frank Darabont turned into movies. Mm -hmm. Stephen King has written a lot of stuff that has been adapted for the big screen, mm -hmm. and not all of it has been adapted that well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, to be honest, I don't know how much involvement Stephen King had with either film. So for all I know, Frank Darabont got the writing and directing assignment and took it from there. Or it could be the opposite to where the, it was a really close collaboration. Yeah. But what is this film or these two movies? And I know we didn't watch Shawshank last night, but it is no. hard to ignore the similarities. Right. Teach us about having a good collaborator. Mm. Because it's possible that not only did the Stephen King needs somebody to interpret his work well, but Frank Darabont needs somebody like Stephen King mm -hmm. to have great source material. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess it does say a lot if you have a good collaborator, mm. for sure. Because it's, um, you know, making a movie involves more than one person. Yeah. 
and you have to have a good collaborator if that's what you want that's who you want to use um you have to have good actors you have to have a good script um you have to have a good storyline a lot of things go into making movies so i think that a good collaborator does help a lot hmm. that's how i that's how i would answer it are there any philosophical questions about the green mile that you want to ask me well it really made me think about gifts that god uh gives people specifically mm -hmm. um it sounded to me like john coffee could have been a magical figure or maybe even an angel i don't know um because uh he had these healing powers which kind of gave you like a a magical mystical type of the, uh, a part in the story right yeah because he he cured these people and the mouse in such a way that can't really be explained he would he would know how to you know, he doesn't, he doesn't even know where it came from. He's also an angel because he was looking out for, like an angel because he was looking out for, um, for Paul. Uh, he punished the people that needed to be punished. Um, and he, and, and it seemed to me like he genuinely cared for hum, humanity, mm -hmm. for human beings. So, um, uh, that's all I can say about that. John Coffey represents, um, in some ways, I think he, he does um, uh, represents those, represents those, um, those things. Hmm. Would you recommend this film to your family or friends? And if so, uh, what's your, I won't say what's your elevator pitch, but yeah. if you were stuck on an elevator with them for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and have to talk about this movie. How would you convince them to watch it? What would you say? I would just say this is probably probably one of the best um, Stephen King based movies that I've seen, and it's pretty close to um, the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and I would probably say it touched me in a way that um, that. Uh, really made me think about it afterwards and I just can't I mean it really stick it really sticks with you. I could see you recommending this film to your mom. Would that be a correct assumption that you could also oh, imagine yeah. that situation? I think she would I think she would it would really make her think about things. Nice. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? I was totally not expecting the Green Mile, I mean, especially since I didn't know what it was about. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting the Green Mile to touch me like it did. Yeah. But it did. Good. Yay. 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 <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it there, Jay. Well, I'm surprised you wouldn't give it a nine. No, I think I think an I think a strong eight is um is really good. Nice. Yeah. A strong eight is really good. Yes. Um well good. Yeah. Well, let's move on to a movie that you would give a nine to. No, I wouldn't give a nine to. I give at least a seven and a half. Okay, and Close we're an of course talking about there's something about Mary. Yes, uh, it's more emotional, has a stronger emotional impact than the Green Mile. No, it doesn't. And, no, no, no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's just funny. I mean, I I honestly think it's more guy humor than anything. But oh, 
But there are some funny things in it. There, there's a lot of funny things in it, actually. In 1998, on, I want to say, July 15th, <laughs> my mom was having an issue with her car. So, so we drove it, or she drove it, in to get fixed. And I believe... For some reason, I want to say that this was near Cinemagic, but they just showed independent films around this time. So it must have been near, like, uh, it must have been downtown somewhere. Mm -hmm. But, or maybe Lloyd Center, even though that's that's not technically downtown. But she takes her car in to get fixed. We're walking around. And a movie had opened that day. I believe it was a Wednesday called There's Something About Mary. I had seen the previews and wanted to watch it. Yeah. We go in, see it, and I love the movie. Mm -hmm. And we've discussed this before. Mm -hmm. I was one of these teenagers who was very interested in how much movies make. Yeah. Part of it is it's kind of interesting. And part of it, if a good movie does really well, it encourages studios to keep making uh, risky moves. Uh Uh-huh. So a few days later, I see that it's something there's something about Mary was fourth place at the box office that weekend. Uh. And I think to myself, oh, that's too bad. This movie's gonna go away and no one's gonna talk about it. But it just kind of stuck around for a couple of months and uh. eventually became like a huge hit that is fondly remembered today. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So I saw it the day it came out, babes. Okay. One of the few. Okay. Yes. Let me give a very brief overview because I think most people have seen this movie. Right. And if you haven't, then, well, it's worth looking at. <laughs> Sorry, I'm <so> yawning. <laughs> Basically starts out, this dude named Ted is telling a story of something that happened to him in the late 80s. Uh, he was played by Ben Stiller. Exactly. Correct? Yep. And he lives, is it New Hampshire? Um, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Not New Hampshire, there but you're... There. I was close. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. He's, he's at school. He doesn't have anybody to go to the prom with. There's this new girl named Mary who's in town. Yeah, Mary Jensen. Yep. And she has a brother with um, disabilities who isn't completely mentally there, has a few issues. That's Warren. Warren. Yep. Some He's looking for a baseball, and somebody tells him to go up to this girl and ask if she has seen his wiener. <laughs> this gets some people to want to fight. Well, well the, the, the one guy, he, he asked the guy that. Exactly, yes. Yeah, and he wanted to fight him. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Stiller breaks us up, starts hanging out with Mary and Warren, and Mary's like, hey, let's go to the prom together. Yeah. Comes over, gets some shit from the stepdad, is very excited, then pulls out a baseball and touches Warren's ears. He freaks out, and through the commotion and melee, Ted gets a little bit of, uh, a little bit hurt, and Mary's strapped to her dress breaks. Yep. So she goes to get things figured out. Ted goes to the bathroom. 
is peeing, looking at these birds who fly away. And he gets stuck. He, he gets stuck. Well, in he, the- here's what happens. He sees into Mary's room. The mom thinks that he might be masturbating. So he freaks out, tries to zip his pants up, and gets his unit stuck in it. <laughs> Ouch. I don't want to go through every scene, was, scene in this I, I kind of thought it was funny when the stepmom and the stepdad's like, okay, you got to look at this. Cause, uh, yeah. And he's like, what did you do? Did you just, like zip it up to the top? <laughs> Ow. Okay. Yeah. He has to be taken away in an ambulance. So he doesn't make it as a prom. Doesn't really talk to Mary. She leaves over the summer. And he's telling this story to his therapist. Yep. Ted has a friend played by Chris Elliott. Yep. And Chris Elliott basically says, there's a man in my office named Pat Healy. He's a little bit weird, but I think he might be able to help you with stuff like this. Yeah, he's a private investigator. Exactly. Goes to Pat. Pat is played by Matt Dillon, and he agrees to track down Mary. Now, in the middle of this process, Pat starts falling in love with Mary. And Pat is a bit of a psychopath. He is, and he always says the wrong thing, and he gets information wrong, and yeah, he got back to um. Can I can I mention this really quick? Go ahead. Um, we meet some interesting characters like Magda is this weird lady that likes to hang out with Mary and likes to make huge banana splits after sex. <laughs> I didn't think that's funny, but anyway, um, I thought it was funny, but anyway, um. He's trying, he he gets back to, um, uh, what's his name? He gets back to Ted and is telling him that, oh yeah, I found out who Mary is. She's, he's convincing Ted that. It's oh, not a good idea to pursue it's, her. It's not a good idea because she's, she's big. Like she put on a few pounds and she's in a wheelchair, but she has like three or four kids with no rock. Yep. No ring. And he's like, what? What what are you, are you serious? And um there's some other characters like um Tucker is um this guy that works for her works with her rather and No. What? Wait, 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 Bubs. Tucker doesn't work with Mary. Tucker's just a friend of his hers. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. He doesn't work See, with this, Mary. See, this is why I'm I'm giving the overview. Do you, do you want it done right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. They told you won't. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in the movie happens when Ben Stiller goes to see Pat Healy and say, I, I want Mary's information. Mm-hmm. Now, this is as Pat is packing up and getting ready to leave his job. And Ben mm-hmm. Ben Stiller's like, Well, where are you going? And he says, Florida. I got hired by Rice Aroni. It's like, you mean the San Francisco train? And he's like, they're rebranding. I love that. Okay. <laughs> ben Stiller uh, has some problems with his back due to helping somebody move. Yeah. And he goes to see his friend who's a chiropractor. And the guy says, oh, I actually saw Mary a couple months ago. She doesn't have any kids. It's she's all good. A, she's, a, um, she's a doctor. Exactly. Yeah. So tells us to Chris Elliott. Goes on his way. And I don't want to give everything about this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll skip some of the details. Yeah. And Chris Early is like, really? Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, in Florida, where Mary is, she's starting to hang out with Pat and introduces her to his friend Tucker. Now, Pat has already said 
that he's an architect. And yep. Tucker says the same thing. Yeah. Like the next day, Tucker goes to see Mary at her office and says, you know, I've contacted the school at Harvard where Pat said he got his training. And they don't know him. Nobody's ever heard of him. Yeah. Now, Pat has Mary's place bugged. Yep. And he knows that Magna likes to listen. Magna. Yeah, likes to listen in on people's phone calls through the special radio. Yeah. <laughs> so he intentionally has gives a script to one of his friends and has a friend call him when he knows Magna is going to be listening. And it's all about how he's not an architect, but he likes to help children overseas. So you think everything's good. They go on another date. Every, yeah. Everybody's happy. And yes. then Tucker comes over and says, the man is a murderer. Yeah, the man's a murderer. I, I have a friend in the Boston Police Department. And Patrick Healy is a very dangerous man. Yeah. Now, by this time, Ben Siller's made it to town. Yep. She's supposed to get together with him. But she, she cancels things with Pat. Yep. Pat finds your man, Tucker, finds out that he's just a pizza guy. Named Norm. Norm. <laughs> and you asked, where's Vera? <laughs> I asked, I, I was thinking, where's Vera? <laughs> and it's funny because he, he ditched the British accent and, <laughs> okay. and the crutches. By now, we've gotten past the hair gel scene. And Mary is starting to hang out more and more with your man, Ted. Yep. We get a montage. We get a broken dog, all that good stuff. And uh, Warren, um, you know, every time Ted uh, touches Warren by the ears, he doesn't freak out. Anymore, yeah. Yeah. And she gets an anonymous letter saying that you hired this man. He hired Pat to stalk. Yeah. Mary. She freaks out about this. Ted leaves. But before that, he's just like, you were the best thing that ever happened to me. Blah, blah, blah. He walks out the door. Yeah. Okay. Comes to a crescendo. We find out that Chris Elliott used to date Mary, and she filed a restraining order against him. Yeah, and his name and his name is Woogie. Okay, Don <laughs> Woganowski. Yes, Woganowski. He, tri- he tries to sell, steal her shoes. All these guys come into <laughs> while the house. they're on her feet. Yes, all these guys come into her house, including Ben Stiller, who brings with him Brett Favre. <laughs> who used to be engaged to Mary, but she broke up with him because Tucker said that Brent said that had it not been for Warren, he would have proposed faster. Right. And Ben Siller gives us great speech about it. Hey, all these guys are low lives and they just want you because you make them feel good. It's like, I'm no better than these guys, but I realize that he leaves, he starts crying. She comes after him and she says, Ted, you forgot your keys. Yeah. And you know, and here's what almost happened in bed last night, babes. What? I almost pressed the stop button at that part and said, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> I seriously, I thought about doing that. I thought about doing that. As a joke? I thought, no, I thought about doing it for real. Why? Why? Just to see if you'd fall for it. (laughs) Really? That's it? She just gives him her, she just gives him his keys. And that's that's the end of that thing. But I like what he said. He said, you know, um, all I want for you is to be happy and that's all I really want, yes. you know. And, and he was he was very willing to let her go. And she's he's. Cry- I did like the part when he was crying though. It was yes. kind of funny. And they get together. Yes. And some other stuff happens, but that's basically the end of the movie. Yes. This film is obviously a classic, but yes. I have the luxury of the first time I watched it, I knew I was seeing something special. Ah. And and because it was the first day it came out. 
and it was an early uh, showing in the day, uh-huh. I was one of the first people uh, to realize it was a special movie. Did you watch it like on the weekend? No, I watched it the day it came out. It was released on a Wednesday. Okay. Yep. Um, this is a great film. I can't believe that next July will be the 25th anniversary of its release because it makes me feel old. <laughs> it also speaks a lot because I also saw it when I was in high school. I was really attracted to this one girl when I saw it. Uh, who's also now, and I swear to God, I'm not making this up. The girl who I was attracted to, uh, one of her favorite movies was Harold and Maude. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was mentioned in the movie as well. As, as one of Mary's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It, so for me, this is a very special film. I think it's great. I think it's a masterpiece and, uh, I don't know what else to say about it. And then obviously yes. it has its flaws. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of funny things in it. Um, I I think it is a classic. I don't know that I think it's funnier than some of the movies I think are funny, but it is funny. Mm-hmm. Um I honestly never had have had an experience where f- at least four guys was in the same room as me and wanted to all date me. Mm-hmm. That would have been very strange. Mm-hmm. I would have been like I don't want to date you, you, you or you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But there was something about Mary, apparently. I don't even know what I'd give this film because it's such a special movie to me. But it would at least be an eight, at the very minimum. Yeah. For you, it's it's barely seven. <laughs> no, I said seven and a half. Nice. So close to an eight. But that's just because I thought it was more humorous for guys mm. than for girls. But that's just me. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't funny at all. I just think that, well, personally for me, and maybe it's because... This is a chick flick. I just thought that my best friend's wedding was funnier, but that's that's. Oh no, no, babe. But but that's no. where we disagree, folks. No. And I've watched my best friend's wedding more than once too. I saw this film probably six times in the theater, uh-huh. and a few times on home video. The last time I watched it was probably in two thousand two, so it's been a minute. When you saw it in the theater, was like the whole theater laughing. I don't think I ever saw it where it was a near packed theater. Okay. It was always like a third of the way full. But the first day when I saw it, there was a, a fair amount of laughter during it. Okay. There was some stuff I forgot because it's been like 20 years. Like, I had forgot the stuff with the dog and Matt Dillon, like, giving the dog drugs. Okay. Puffy. That was really funny to me, well, seeing that again. Well, I did I did like that one part when he, he fell out the window. Yes. <laughs> the dog fell out the window. And then um, the one part where um, Magna took the pills. Yeah. And she was like, I have to clean. And she's lifting up the couch and vacuuming. And she's like, Magna, what are you, or Magda, what are you doing? I liked when Matt Dillon thought the dog was dead because he gave the dog sleeping pills. So he tries to shock it back to life and ends up burning his fur. <laughs> that was great. And then when she was with that one guy and um, she was eating a banana split. Yes. What about the end, though, Bubs? So I will, there's, I, there's a band that's playing throughout this movie. And the guy that Magna was with, who I believe. Yeah, what she said. Yeah. 
is also the old guy that I think uh, Mary borrows some stuff for when she's going from when she's going golfing. Uh-huh. And he shoots one of the guys trying to shoot Ben Siller, but accidentally kills one of the guys in the band and tells Magna or whatever her name Magna. is what she said that he was only boning her to get to Mary. I thought that was funny. I like that. Well, yes. Yeah. By the way, when she was eating the banana split, was she um, sharing it with the guy or just? No, I, I I think she was just eating her vapes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who played Magda, but I thought she was funny. Let's try to search for some deeper meaning if we can. Oh, okay. What does this film teach us about struggling to get over past love? I think it was very. It's very realistic. Um, because remember when he said something like crushes don't last for 13 years. Yep. Right. I think it's very true. I don't know how to, I, I can only speak for myself. Um, but I don't know how it is for men. I read that men don't get over their first loves right away. Oh, like it takes them a long time, but I think there's some truth to that. <clears throat> What does this film teach us about obsession? Like, what do you mean? You have Don Woganowski, who, who is obsessed with her feet. You have Norm, <laughs> a.k.a. Tucker, and Pat, yeah. who are willing to change their lives around for a shot at Mary. Uh-huh. So what can we learn from them? Well, either there really is something great about Mary, which it sounds like there is, or they're finding things about her that, like like Pat said, makes them feel good in the moment. Pat didn't say that to uh, I'm sorry, not Pat. Um, um, Ted. Uh, Ted, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Are Ted and Mary still together today? I think so. I do too. I do too. I think that they do have they do have a shot if they were real at romance. Mm. Um, a lot of times when people lose contact with high school sweethearts or girls or guys that they wanted to get together with, it it doesn't always work out. No, and in fact, sometimes it never does. For the most part. Um, because either the one person doesn't know that they're alive or they tried going out and it just didn't work out. But for real, I've heard cases of people who were in a relationship when they were younger. For whatever reason, they became estranged and then they fall back in love again when they're older. I, I love those stories. Mm. Though. I love those stories where it's like they never stop thinking about each other, even if they end up with somebody else but they tried to reach them Mm -hmm. and they it's the ones that really um that they that the the two people involved really put effort into finding each other yeah it's the ones that was where um the effort was not put forth that never happened okay or something like that at least in my case because i know from experience oh (laughs) it's yeah, because people try to reach out to my little jail. 
either that or I tried to reach out to them and it's only and and they only wanted to reach out to me out of convenience <laughs> when it was convenient for them anyway. Good. Oh, is this a star babes? Oh, it's just a I don't know what that arm? is. This one right here? Right. Hold on. I'm talking here or put your arm like 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 this. Uh-huh. This I thought I felt a scar like right here. Um I think it's just, I don't know how I got that, but it's, 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 uh, it's healing. I think it's your skin. Nice. I think it's just dead, dead skin. But no, I, I know from past experience, um, they would only, you know, this person that will not be named would only reach out to me over the, the years if it was convenient. Oh, God. Which I thought, wow, okay. But they, but it was obvious that all they wanted to talk about was my high school self. Wow. Yeah. But nothing and, ever came of it. And we changed so much between high school and our early either, 30s. Either my high school self or my 20-something self because that was the last time he saw me. Oh? Yeah. Good. He couldn't – he never got to know me as a person that's a little bit more mature. Nice. And that's, uh, that's sad. Yes. It is. Oh, good. But that's, that's another story. Yeah. I need a kiss. Why? Because I do. Okay. Why? Because I love my dude. You jealous because people like me before? No. Okay. I think everybody needs pass. Mm-hmm. There's a song by Little Texas called um, What Might Have Been. Nice. And I think about that uh, and I'm like, and in the, the chorus it says, uh, I try not to think about what might have been. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So it made me think about that when I was watching the movie. Interesting. Yeah. It's a great movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I I liked it too. I um, there were just some things that were kind of over the top weird, but you know. I don't even see how this and my best friend's wedding are even in the same conversation, well, outside of the fact that Cameron Diaz was in both. Well, I just, and they're both I just, on the late night. I just think I like it better because I watched it more and. I, it had something to do with the past, except the girl never got the guy. Yeah. And I just thought it was, I just thought it was funny, but uh-huh. that's, that's just me. I mean, that, that was my, um, one of my favorite chick flicks. That's fair. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? Um, let's see. I thought, I thought, um, Mary's stepdad was really weird. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. I thought. I thought. Uh, I thought he was super weird. Oh, and um, I just thought it was so funny that um, it, it sounded to me like um, like Ted didn't know what what Woogie's real name was. Yeah, Don Wooganowski, <laughs> and he called him Don. Yeah, he didn't know his name was Woogie. <laughs> well, his that was what his or his nickname was, was Woogie. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like, who's Woogie? <laughs> that was just so funny. Like you've known this guy for so long, yes. and you never knew that he was called Woogie. <laughs> Every time I think of a Woogie, I think of a Wookie, which is a Star Wars, a Star Wars, a Star Wars creature. Nice, <laughs> a Woogie. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you recommend this film to your family? And if so, how would you pitch it to them if you had 30 seconds alone in an elevator to talk with them about this film? Um, I guess I would say that this could happen to you if 
um, what, what should I say? Your your past could catch up to you if you don't if you uh, um, you know if if you uh, don't expect it to. Sometimes. Oh, well, good. Sometimes your past could catch up to you, or maybe it won't. Nice. Um, have you ever been in a situation? I know there was at least one person that you felt was obsessed with you. Okay. Have you be ever been in a situation where there was more than one person that was trying to look for you? And it was out of um, obsession or love or whatever it is. More than one person who was trying to, you mean like trying to get with me? Yes. And it was out of obsession? No. No. Okay. No. I think that's more of a girl thing that really? that happens to. Yeah. Some guys are like that too. I mean, I, I guess some guys have that situation where more than one person is obsessed with them, but at a time, but that's not been the case in my life. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, good, babes. So go and see the something about Mary. Although I think most people have seen it by now. Oh, I, I think so. Especially the ones that grew up in the 90s. I, the 80s and 90s. YouTube, there's something about Mary philosophy when yeah. you were in the bathroom. Yeah. And it showed a review and all it said, I think something underneath it was, there's something about Mary review. This film does not hold up today. <laughs> so I think some people maybe take umbrage with some of the humor in the movie, but... My thing is, if it makes me laugh, it's, it makes me laugh. Well, so I saw um, The Bridges of Madison County. Um, I think it might have been on TV. I forgot what it was. but um, And I ended up reading the book. Okay. And The Bridges of Madison County is not like, a, obviously not like there's something about Mary. No. But it has, it does have like, um, uh, makes you think about what might have been if they would have gotten together. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Richard and Francesca. Yep. And, I thought it was Walter Kincaid. Oh, I'm sorry. Walter Kincaid and and the other, the lady's name was Francesca. I think so. And she's thinking, you know, I could leave my family. I could leave right now because there's this guy that that I that wants to be with me, but I can't do that. Yes. Because I know what the repercussions are going to be. I don't know what that had to do with the humor, and there's something about Mary. Well, no, 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 it wasn't funny. Top, but... No, 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 no. I'm, I, it wasn't funny. Yes. I'm just talking about the concept of love and obsession in the in those two movies. Nice. Not that there was anything funny in uh, uh, the Bridges of Madison <laughs> County. But hopefully, if there is a God in an afterlife after this, we get to experience all different scenarios about. We don't have to ask what would have been. We get to, like, experience what would have been. I don't know. That's my hope. But you already know that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Jay Wool. Yes. Did you have any dreams? I did not. I did. They all kind of go together. So I'm just going to give you the part that, like, is super clear in my mind for the most part. Yeah. I was living in some city. I'm, I wasn't sure if it was Florida or, or like San Francisco, but I was supposed to go on this marathon run. And I'm living with some girl. We walk away from the starting point to where my apartment is, the building of it. And there are these pipes sticking out. And there's this, this guy in the pipes that she kind of knows. I say to the girl, I'm going to take a nap outside, but since we're so close to my place, maybe I'll come up later. And sleep inside. But she doesn't quite understand this. Mm -hmm. I go to sleep in my dream. Wake up. And I see a segment of Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack talking about a guy who fell asleep on the streets and they can't find him now. Wow. And that's pretty much all I remember. Wow. Yeah. Well, I forgot to talk about a dream I had the other day. It was very weird. 
So I had a dream that, um, actually it was a couple of dreams. I had a dream that I was, I think I was outside with a friend of mine and I had a bunch of roses and he went off to do something for a minute. I think he was talking to some person named Gustav. <clears throat> he goes, yeah, I was talking to Gustav and he, he seemed really, really cool. And, and I'm not sure what we were doing. I think we were going to some kind of a gathering or whatever. And then he, and then I will, and I went to the next dream. In the next dream, I was at some kind of a benefit to raise money for children who don't have any toys for Christmas. And I was sitting at a table with another friend who was talking about his wife overspending stuff and not telling uh, over overspending on things that he that um he wasn't in the know about and he said oh yeah one time he one time she bought a cooler with some french i'm i'm not french but um some uh shrimp cocktail in it without without telling me and then one time she bought a choir <laughs> without telling me and i'm like wow that's wow. a little bit extreme and then uh i woke up have a good day babes some weird dreams nice yeah. Well, babes, I know that you really want to get a snack. I do? Yes. And so maybe we should wrap this up unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Um, No, I I, I want to get a snack and I also want to uh, text a couple people. So. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yes. Well, good. Oh, good. Well, give me a kiss. Why? Because you need one. Okay. You need one. Hmm. Love. Give me a kiss, babes. Normal. Normal. All right, babes. Last chance to say something. Um, I don't think there's anything I have to say because we said a lot. There we go. Thank you. All right, babes. Okay. Bye bye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye.